What is up, Bantermites? We are unbelievably stoked to have a fresh episode to put out there for you guys. And we think it's a really fun one as well. Um, I want to say that Wes isn't here with me today, but don't worry. He'll be back next month trying to get some semi-weekly content out for you guys. Um, Before we get started today, we do want to acknowledge that a lot has happened in this country since we last recorded with the killing of George Floyd and the movement towards racial reconciliation that's followed. And while we are by no means trying to pretend like this stuff isn't happening as two young millennial white dudes that grew up in privilege, we don't feel like we're very well equipped to speak out on this issue. And because of that, we encourage you all to educate yourself and to listen to black voices within podcasting as they speak out on their experiences with systematic racism in this country. In terms of our podcast here on Banter, I Hardly Know Her, we're going to try to remain a place of positivity in the midst of the current state of this country because we think that's really important um, and that a lot of you guys come to podcasts for entertainment and to get a little a brief respite from the things that you're dealing with in your daily life. So with that being said, cue the intro. What is up, everybody? We are back Again, it has been a long time since we last recorded. And by we, I mean Wes and I. And unfortunately, Wes is not here with us today. But he will be back uh, eventually, maybe in a, in a month or so, to make some new content. But today, we have a replacement. In fact, we have two. But right now, with me to chat some Disney news, to, to kind of get a little caught up on everything we've missed in the past month, uh, is James Kopic. What's up, everybody? You might remember James from our Disney song draft, uh, if I remember right. He was the one that um, broke down every song in the Disney's entire canon into categories and then evaluated all their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and they're, you know, just took it way over the top and almost took down the W on the Disney draft doing that. But uh, he did not. So I brought him back for, for another chance to take down a win. I went for the wild card with a treasure planet pick close to my heart and didn't really get the votes. <laughs> I appreciated it. As you know, I like that movie a lot. We ended up doing a banter movie club about it. Uh, so anyway, a lot of fun. Glad to have James back. And uh, the contest that we will be doing in a little bit, we decided it'd be fun to do a little... Uh, well, James is one of the few people on this earth who could argue that he is a bigger Disney nerd than myself. In fact, when we did the original uh, Disney, what was it, Disney song uh, quiz battle with Callie, I think back in like episode like 15 or something, he texted me afterwards. He's like, hey, I scored more points than you did on the show. Do I win? So, James is pretty good. He knows his stuff. So, we're going to do the world's hardest Disney trivia quiz today, uh, or at least that's what our um, quiz master is claiming it. Um, We'll introduce him in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a little while since I've recorded and since Wes has been with me as well. And uh, a lot of news in Disney, a lot of news just in the world. But Magic Kingdom yesterday, James, had their opening cast member preview day. So apparently it went pretty well. Some weird stuff with like, you know, having to have attractions cast wear face shields as well as masks. 
But, you know, getting past all that, which is, you know, we got to get used to it at this point. Apparently, it was a pretty good time. So, I don't know. But you got, you've got tickets, right? Coming mm-hmm. up. You've got a trip planned. Yeah, our trip is planned for Christmas time. So, hopefully, we'll have some of these restrictions starting to lift by then. Maybe the numbers of cases will be going down and our Disney vacation can be somewhat more normal. Mm, yeah. Either way, I'm going. Yeah. And I mean, I'm moving down to Orlando in a month. Um, so, I'm hoping I can go. Uh, hoping I can do, you know, Remy if that opens pretty soon. Hoping I can do Rise of Resistance. Never done that. So, yeah. Just got a lot of... A lot of ifs, mm-hmm. but yeah, how are you feeling about Christmas party? Do we think do we think that's going to happen? I don't think so. They've already canceled the not so scary. I feel like the Christmas party's coming next, which is sad because this is the first time I'd get to see it. But you know, still Christmas in Disney. Yeah, yeah, I've never never seen the Christmas party or the Halloween party. I would have been able to this year. It is a bummer. Uh, they will probably, I would say, I mean, Halloween party's already been canceled. I'd say it's just a formality at this point before Christmas party is canceled. So, but uh, yeah, for people that are thinking about like planning a trip in the near future, I, I wouldn't unless you are a frequent of the Disney parks. Uh, don't do it if it's your first time. If it's, if you, you know, go every year or you're an annual pass holder, then, you know, by all means, it might be something that you, you check off the list, you know, in 20 years, people are like, wait, you got to go to Disney during COVID? Wow, that's so cool. You know, because hopefully it's just a little blip in the, in the time but if it's going to be your first time ever, wait, give it, give it some time <laughs> to get back to somewhat normality, mm-hmm. I would say. But I, I mentioned Remy. I don't know when that's going to open, but uh, you're probably well aware of the developments and like we've been waiting for another uh, World Showcase Pavilion for years. And I've heard lately that there's a movie in the making called Encanto. Uh, Disney animated movie that's going to take place in like Brazil, maybe Costa Rica, something like that. Um, I'm hoping Brazil. Mm-hmm. And it's by the makers of Zootopia and Lin-Manuel Miranda is on to do the score. So could that be the setup for a Brazil pavilion coming to Epcot? I don't know. I mean, it's one of the largest, most populous nations on earth. You think they deserve... <laughs> A pavilion, but you would think <laughs> I'd be shocked if they didn't give it, give them some love. A lot of great culture, music, food. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of advantage. Of and that. you could put a lot of uh, Emperor's New Groove stuff in there too. It's mm-hmm. not that far away. Uh, a short little hop over to Peru. Or- yep. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see a Mudka's Meat Hut. We talked about that a little bit in one of our episodes with the Happiest Podcast on Earth team. Isma's uh, roller coaster. Isma's <laughs> roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, why didn't they just redo Splash Mountain to, to Yzma's roller coaster? Right? It fits right in with Frontierland. <laughs> yeah, it fits right in. <laughs> Pull the lever, Gronk! Uh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, what do you? <laughs> was your initial reaction seeing that uh, Splash Mountain is getting a Princess and the Frog layover? Or not well, re- layover, just reimagining. Initially, I couldn't help but connect it to the uh, recent movements that have been going on about uh, systemic racism and everything. But when I found out that they had been considering this remodel and it had been in the works for like multiple years now, it kind of took me back out of that. And I just started thinking of it more generally. I'm excited that Tony Baxter is coming back. And uh, I think they're going to do a lot of really good work with it. So Splash Mountain's always been one of my favorite roller, or my, one of my favorite rides in all of Disney World, not just Magic Kingdom, like one of the go-tos for me. So whenever they touch it, I get a little worried. 
but at the same time i think that princess and the frog is a really rich setting and i think they're going to get a lot out of it and i've already seen something in the concept art that's like exciting me about it so i definitely don't think they're going to take out a classic ride to replace it with something worse Mm. so it just it's gonna hurt but it's going to be better in the long run. Yeah. Where's, where would Splash Mountain fall on your like ranking of, of rides? I'm curious. Well, I ranked the Magic Kingdom rides, and it was number one. Oh, man. So it would have so to. So high. <laughs> yeah. So it would probably be top 10 for sure. It would be beating out stuff, or it would be in the conversation with stuff like Flight of Passage and Expedition Everest and like Tower of Terror and other apex rides from the other parks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's probably like right up there too. It's it's probably like number three, I would think. Uh, I bet number one in Magic as well. Flight of Passage and Everest probably be my top two, but it makes a lot of sense. I was bummed to see it kind of go out this way, maybe, you know, but it makes a lot of sense considering the source material. It's like mm-hmm. not a big surprise that uh, this is happening. Probably a bigger surprise that it's taking till 2020 for this to happen. I love Princess and the Frog probably more than most people. But yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. It makes a lot of sense for Disneyland because it's going to be New Orleans Square. It'll fit right in Disney World, Frontierland. Not quite as much. They'll have to probably linger a little more on the bayou portion of it. Put you a little more in the in the wilderness. I mean, they'll probably in all reality, they'll probably be the exact same ride mm-hmm. in both. Parks. I'm expecting something like what they did with Maelstrom, where it's more of just a visual overlay, mm-hmm. and they're not messing with the ride structure too much. Yeah, they better not, because that structure could yeah, <laughs> could collapse. I've heard it's made out of like everything in there, including like most of the props. Pretty much everything in there is made out of cement. <laughs> Um, because the water going in there, you know, if you have wood, you know, whatever, it's going to corrode. Yeah. The stuff that doesn't move is pretty much all cement. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure it's going to be great. A lot of those animatronics weren't even new when the ride got built in the late eighties. They were pulled over from America Sings. If you remember that one. Oh, I don't, I don't, but I've heard it. I like, I never, never have experienced it. This was before our time. Yeah. That was one of the originals, right? Doesn't, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that that one got knocked to the curb pretty quick. Uh, sounded pretty boring, but yeah, I can just keep crossing my fingers that Hall of Presidents goes in my lifetime. <laughs> Probably, I hope so. <laughs> I think my dad likes that one. But he, he's the kind of guy that likes like a Country Bear Jamboree. I and, love you know, Country Bear. And Carousel of Progress. That's like his favorite kind of stuff. So he's into the naps. He's into the nap. The get out of the heat and take a 45 minute nap. I bet yep. you he was into Ellen's uh, Universe of Energy too. So oh, that's a great one. 45 <laughs> minutes. I have fallen asleep. Yep. Oh, man. All right. Well, I mean, all in all, I'm sure the end result is going to be great. It's a little bummer to see it Splash Mountain go. But, you know, the music of Princess and the Frog is far superior to like the music of Song of the South. So if that's what just what we're judging it by and the drop is still wet and everything else, you know, it's like it's still going to be great. We're just going to have to give it time. Well, and I hope they do something like what Winnie the Pooh did when it took over from uh, Mr. Toad, where they have that, mm. that one little picture in Owl's house where it's uh, Owl taking the deed from Mr. Toad. So just that little homage to the old ride. Yeah, maybe have the Br'er Rabbit kind of hidden in there somewhere yeah maybe among mama Odie's little uh, animal friends yeah yeah or just a hang yeah hanging picture in mama Odie's boat or something like that i don't know but anyway that'll be cool we'll see when it happens when they finally get it done but uh more on the movie frontier <laughs> we're just seeing the continuation of movies getting pushed back farther and farther uh at first tenant was supposed to be like the guinea pig movie coming out uh in two weeks a week from friday i think was when tenant it was supposed to come out the Christopher Nolan movie and then they moved back a couple weeks not too far I don't think 
to make way for Mulan to be the guinea pig. Um, and now I think Mulan has also moved back. Um, so I'm not sure all the dates now because they just keep leap, leapfrogging each other. But nobody wants to be the guinea pig. So I kind of wish Artemis Fowl was still uh, still being released. They could just move it up, make it the guinea pig. Nobody cares about that anyway. See yeah, what no. happens. See if anybody goes to the theaters. But yeah, so one movie theaters, one movie company is going to have to take a hit and be the guinea pig. We'll see what it's going to be. Uh, I'm really excited for Tenet, though. I really want to see that. Um, big Christopher Nolan guy. I don't know about you. I mean, I appreciated his take on Batman. <laughs> of course, everybody does. Those are those are amazing. Mulan, I'm a little skeptical about that. We'll see if that's good. Hopefully it is. Um, but in the meantime, there's been quite a few movies during this period that have gone straight to the on-demand you know, viewing um, that you can pay 20 bucks for to rent or 25 to own or something like that. And, you know, Trolls World Tour, <laughs> Trolls 2, not to be not to be confused with Troll 2, mm-hmm. um, very different movies. Uh, but yeah, that that went um, on demand and did fairly well. I don't have nobody releases the exact numbers of that, but supposedly it did fairly well. And then Scoob was the one that followed. I don't think that did quite as well in the on demand route. Because uh, I I heard an interview with the who's I think it's Tony Cervoni I think is the the guy who's like been running been producing um, Scooby Doo stuff for forty years, and he did an interview and basically said they had a sequel planned and they really hope that Scoob does well so they can make the sequel. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if a sequel's coming, but I love Scooby Doo. I'm a big Scooby Doo guy. We'll. I haven't seen Scoob yet though. I like some of the iterations of Scooby Doo a mm. lot more than the others. Yeah. So. Scoob is already on HBO Max, so its window of of on demand is kind of like exclusive on demand is already passed um, because I had HBO Max for one week, so I could watch the the Looney Tunes, the new Looney Tunes shorts, and then the Looney Tunes show from like 2010 to 2012. Love that show, so funny. But saw Scoob on there, thought about watching it, didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Then after that, Artemis Fowl went to on demand and probably received actually no not on demand it went disney plus right just they just went straight to disney plus received one of the most uh terrible uh evaluations i've seen uh let me pull up the the rotten tomatoes for artemis fowl prediction 30 percent audience yeah, I think it's worse. Oh no! I think it's worse. Okay, so nine percent oh. critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, four point one out of ten IMDb. Let's see what the audience score is. See if they crack that thirty percent. Nope, twenty. Ooh, twenty percent out of out of nineteen hundred and fifty six ratings. Man, oh man! It's probably a blessing that this one just went to Disney Plus. That's so gotta it's, be worse so than nobody's... Sorcerer's Apprentice, <laughs> right? Nobody has to like. It's it, they can just let it die quietly <laughs> on Disney Plus. Yeah. They don't have to like, you know, answer all the questions as if like it was supposed to be making money in theaters. <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna watch that. I have no desire to, unless maybe I want to laugh at a bad movie. So, The Willbies was another one that came out. Another animated movie that came out directly on netflix in may i don't know if you've seen that james no you haven't heard of it i haven't heard of that one that one was uh that was pretty good it was like i mean i give it like a three out of five if i was really ranking it so but compared to what new stuff i've been watching it seemed amazing because i haven't been watching much like 
you know, not not any like 2020 released movies this year. So you can scrape the joy out of it. I could scrape the joy out of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a uh, Chris Pern was the director. It's a uh, like a animated CG animated, but it kind of looks like claymation. It's kind of got that that like Tim Burton style to it, um, with some witty humor. But Hamilton just came out. Have you seen Hamilton yet? I can finally say I've seen Hamilton. Good. Yes. It is on my list. Like, like it is the top of my list after I finish making a Frozen 2 to get to Hamilton. Um, haven't Make, watched making it. Making a Frozen 2 is also quality. What did you, you think of Hamilton? I thought that it lived up to the hype for sure. I thought that uh, the music of it was very unique. I had never heard rap weaved into like show tunes before. Okay. And so like even the rap music actually was never my favorite of the songs. I thought that it dived a lot better into the emotions of the characters when they were not doing the rap songs. So you had heard the music before? I had not. No, I had intentionally okay. not listened to the soundtrack, which is kind of like I'm one of the few people I know that hasn't. Yeah. But I wanted to experience it for the first time when I saw it. And I don't regret that decision. Okay. All right. Yeah, I've, I've listened to it all the way through probably twice. Um, and I like it not as much as, uh, like Les Mis is probably my fave, uh, musical, but I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it with the original cast, but yeah, then I mentioned making a frozen two that I'm three episodes in, I think maybe four, no, I'm four episodes in and it's been awesome. Honestly, it makes me want to just go back and watch frozen two again, which I'm sure I'll do after I finish, but just seeing the background and all the work that goes into these movies and, you know, the, the songs that they had in there that got cut, the moments that were actually improvised what, during recording sessions, that's just really cool to mm-hmm. see. Like the 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 line um, when Olaf, like, talks for the first time to the, to the like, people that have been... The North Uldra. Yeah, the North Uldra, the people that have been in the woods, and they, he talks and they, like, freak out. And, and the line was supposed to be, Oh, I suppose you've never seen a talking snowman before. And and Josh Gad was in his recording booth and he's like he says it a couple times and then he's like that would be the obvious thing to say and he's saying this to to Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck. Uh and he's like that would be the obvious thing to say, but what's the not obvious thing that Olaf would say? And they ended up going with the line um it's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I find clothes incredibly restricting." <laughs> so it's just like stuff like that that gets improvised. Like uh, that's clearly so cool they're confused see. because I'm naked. Exactly. It's it's just yeah. It's just stuff like that. I love seeing the behind the scenes stuff that like goes into making a movie. Well, and I didn't know like I personally love the song "The Next Right Thing," and yep. I didn't know that so much of that was inspired from uh, Kristen Bell's own life. Yeah, that makes it even more yeah. deep to me. Yeah. Have you heard the songs? Some of the songs got cut like um, like. Uh, gonna get this right from mm-hmm. Christoph. Yep. Yeah, it was a big show tune where he was gonna propose to mm-hmm. Anna, but she ends up at the end of the song actually proposing to him. Mm-hmm. That one got cut for whatever reason. They, they briefly mentioned it in the making of Frozen Two. They didn't really talk about it much. It's on the Spotify soundtrack. It is. I've heard it. It's very good. They talk about a couple other songs that the one other song with the, like North Older people that got the cut. Touch the sky. Yeah. That one, I actually haven't heard that one. I don't no, think. that one didn't make Spotify for some reason. Yeah, I uh, wonder. Maybe that one. Huh, yeah, I wonder. Maybe that one just didn't get done in production or something. But I don't know. and then show yourself, of course, was their their animal, the one they mm-hmm. really struggled with to get right. Yep. And um, yeah, also seeing how the the songwriters, um, Kristen Lopez, um, Kristen Anderson Lopez, something like and that, Robert Lopez. and Robert Lopez. Yeah, they have actually a much bigger deal, like a much bigger say on the story of the actual movie with their songs as well. Like they, the way they write their songs, because they're they're 
by themselves writing songs than pitching them. And so like they can influence where the story goes based on these songs. And they really did with show yourself and let it go and, and let it go. Yeah, of course. But yeah, with show yourself basically deciding what is calling her the whole movie and they basically decide this. So finding out, you know, just seeing all these things in the making of frozen two that go into uh, a really good movie so really cool really cool to see highly suggest some movies that are coming out soon i mentioned this on our instagram animal crackers i don't know if you saw that on our insta james but uh animated movie directed by tony bancroft so obviously we had tom on the show a while back but tony's his brother director of mulan he directed animal crackers it, stellar voice cast stellar voice cast absolutely loaded patrick warburton emily blunt john krasinski uh danny devito gilbert Gottfried. list goes on and on there's probably five more that are big names that are in that and so that's coming out july 24th on netflix uh that movie has been done for like two years and they've just been trying to get someone to buy it you know so netflix swooped in and saved the day or else it what it would have gone into animation purgatory <laughs> and then also uh recently there was a notification about glenn Keane's um over the moon there's some art released about that that should be coming out later this year hopefully maybe around thanksgiving time actually i wonder if they have a date yet let me look it up with no knowledge of this i'm just picturing the pixar short luna uh you're not incredibly wrong so i don't know if there's an official release date but it does say it will be released in 2020 late 2020 on netflix so i'd look out for that maybe around thanksgiving time um but it's about an asian family that this young girl loses her mom uh, pretty pretty early on i think maybe barely remembers her but her mom used to tell a story about like the moon and how you know somehow this idea of like her mom is on the moon like watching over her kind of thing so that gets into her head and she literally builds a rocket and goes to the moon i'm and i think it gets into this like more fanciful bright dynamic kind of movie after that happens so um there is a little trailer out uh the official trailer came out in june and i watched that and it looks really good and glenn Keane's, i mean an absolute legend so i'm i'm ready for that i'm sure you'll you'll be you'll be checking that out because you're you're a big glenn Keane guy as well right of course everybody is every animation fan is a glenn Keane fan let's be honest um, the last thing I wanted to mention here uh, in terms of movies coming out just this week, Swampy Marsh, friend of the show, gave us a date. Phineas and Ferb, Candace Against the Universe is coming out August 28th on Disney+. Plus. I am excited out of my mind to see some more Phineas and Ferb content. It's been five years now, something like that. What was the last one? Was it Across the Second Dimension? No, that was that was in the middle. The last uh, one was like Last Day of Summer. Okay which was like a f- uh, an hour special. Uh, is that the one where they jump to the future at the end? Or we see kind of no, where they end but up that, college that, time? That came out. So there was this weird like time frame where Phineas and Ferb was like not done yet, but they were running out of uh, animators, a lot of people leaving, a lot of writers leaving. <laughs> Swampy and Dan Pavamaya were doing a lot of the, the work of themselves, a lot of the, the touch-ups themselves, um, which I know they did for this movie as well. Uh, but there was some some specials that got released between the end of like making regular episodes and then the last episode those might have been like they had the star wars one come out they had like i think night of the living pharmacist was in there and then they had that one where it was like 10 years into the future mm-hmm. they also had like the alka files 
I think that might have been like a, a even even after the last day of summer. I don't even remember. I just need Meep to make an appearance in this movie. Yeah, Meep, that'd be fun. So I'm ready for this. We'll see what happens. Uh, all the voice cast is going to be back except for Ferb, which I mean, how much of a loss is that? Right. How much of a loss is that? Yeah. As you go back and listen to some of the episodes from the very beginning to the very end, like a lot of the voices were super different anyway. So it's like uh, Phineas's voice changed so much from the beginning to the end of the series just because the guy grew up, you know? So, but anyway, I'm excited. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get Swampy back on and talk about the movie at some point uh, this fall, maybe. But uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. The, we're uh, we're excited to get some fresh content back out to you guys. It's been it's been a while. I I wanted to make sure we didn't go this this whole summer uh, without getting any new content out there. So I gathered gathered these guys together to to make something. But uh, that's pretty much it. We're gonna play some smooth elevator music to get you in the mood and come back with the hardest Disney trivia quiz ever. We'll see if you guys can can hang with James and I and see who comes out on top. everybody we have good old cory miller with us to do the so-called hardest disney quiz and um you may recognize cory from being a west replacement on our 27th episode about studio ghibli movies for an anime novice say hello cory hello hello glad to be back so full disclosure folks we just recorded about 30 minutes of audio of this hardest disney quiz and it was you know pristine content as usual but uh garage band decided to crash on us and that is now gone so what we're gonna do for you because we still want you to get all of these questions um the ability to play along at home we're going to basically pretend like that never happened um but we do have all those same answers written down. And so, yeah, we're just going to ask those questions and then reveal those to you. And some of those we did ask for multiple choice answers. So I guess we'll go ahead and give those to you as well if that helps you play along at home. So uh, let's just get going. And I think it was question number um, 19 at is the point where our audio initially crashed. So once we get back to there, we'll be caught up and uh, you'll be live with us. Not exactly, but it'll be our first time reactions um, of answering those questions. So... Corey, let's kick it off. I'm going to explain the quiz a little bit. So there are 30 questions to this quiz, and they're all free response. However, if you both choose, there are multiple choice options for the quiz that I've written down. The quiz starts off with some easier questions and then moves into um, some Pixar-directed questions, some Parks-directed questions, and then we'll move out of the park and go into just anything Disney. There, at the end, in case there's a tie... I have two optional tiebreaker questions and you will both decide which question you want to go with. So let's get it started. First question. What is the name of the darling's dog in Peter Pan? I believe that the darling's dog is named Nana. 
I also put Nana, N-A-N-A. Nana, N-A-N-A, is correct. Nana, 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 Batman. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Question number two. Which Disney movie used the tagline, Nature Calls? All right, Corey, I'm ready. What'd you put? I put Brother Bear. I put Bambi. Bambi was one of the multiple choice options, but Brother Bear is the correct answer. Question number three. Who is Mowgli's adopted mother? This one is quite tricky. Would you like the multiple choice? Yeah, I think I'm going to need it, Perry. Our multiple choice options are Shanty, Baloo, Rajan, Masua. So I am thinking that you were referring to the wolf mother, but I don't think the wolf mother's name is on here. So I went with A because I did not know what the answer was. I was on the same wavelength, Perry. I put Shanty. I thought that maybe it was the mom wolf. Good, subtle correction of my pronunciation. <laughs> the while Shanti is the person that leads Mowgli to his adopted mother, the adopted mother's name is Mesua. Nice, and it's that's from Jungle Book Two. Yeah, is that a good movie? I don't know, but we did sort of talk about it on our uh, episode about Disney Toon Studios. But uh, yeah, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that movie. I've literally never seen it. Most people haven't. Question number four. Which character was the first character to speak in a full-length animated feature by the Walt Disney Company? All right. I I think this one's pretty simple. Um, And I went with the evil queen, Queen Grimelda. I also went with the evil queen from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The evil queen is correct. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's interesting. I think she was given a name like upon later canon, like maybe book canon or or like, I don't. they don't have a sequel, do they? They don't have a stupid sequel. For us Once Upon a Time fans, she will always be Queen Regina. <laughs> I, yeah, see, I'm pretty sure she was like maybe in a book or something given the name Queen Grimelda or Grimald. So G-R-I-M-H-E-L-D-E. But uh, someone out there can fact check me if they wish. That is always allowed. Unless it's uh, politically charged. Even if that's right, you won't score more points. I accept my fate. Question number five. During World War II, Disney first created propaganda content for which branch of the military? I put the Navy because I know that Donald Duck has been honorably discharged from the Navy. I also put the Navy for pretty much the same reason as James. The correct answer is the Navy. The day after the Pearl Harbor attack, 500 army troops moved into Disney Studios in Burbank, but they created propaganda for the Navy first. Now we're moving into Pixar. Question number six. In what room did Mirage tell Mr. Incredible to go to for his first mission briefing? Mm. This one is this one was killing me. Uh because I know it's the the Easter egg and I 
I cannot remember exactly what the Easter egg says that is based off the like CalArts room where all the legendary animators were taught. And I figure that James probably knows the answer, but I went with 2319. Yep. So this is uh, conference room A113 and A113 is that Easter egg that is snuck into all the Pixar movies, that classroom that all the Pixar animators have to take that introductory level class in. They like to sneak it in real quiet. Like you're saying that like it's the correct answer, James, because it is a one one three is the correct answer. Well done, well done. Question number seven. How many bare human butts appear in Brave? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I wrote a number down, but I'm fine uh, accepting the multiple choice. Um, I don't know if multiple choice is going to help me, Perry. So, yes, Perry, I would like the multiple choice. <laughs> Your multiple choice options are three, five, six, and eight. Well, my number's on there, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I wrote three for the three little triplets, and I think that's going to be correct. I went with six because I went the three triplets, and then the king dude, and then there was three. There was three like kings of their own lands, and I'm just going to assume one of them's butts was cleverly avoided. There are actually two bare butt scenes in Brave. With a total of six butts. Oh, interesting. So there. Do you think they're the same three twice? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm pretty sure you see some some adult butts as there, well. The scene that I saw definitely had some adult butts. Okay. Are we sure this is a children's film? Are we sure this is a children's podcast? When I when I was looking up to confirm the number, there was a lot of concerned parent post forums. <laughs> So six is correct, you're saying? Six is correct. Nice. All right. Well, uh, that movie, James, is directed by Brenda Chapman, the wife of Kevin Lima, director of a goofy movie, and a former guest of Banter. I hardly know her, in case you didn't know. How many degrees of separation is that then? Three? From Brenda Chapman? To me? From the movie Brave. Oh, from the movie Brave? From these butts to you. Uh, well, one to Kevin Lima, two to Brenda Chapman, and then... And then three to Brave itself. And does Brave include the bare butts or do I have to go another one to get bl- to the bare butts? I believe Brave includes the bare butts. Okay. The same. Three, three degrees of separation <laughs> from six animated bare butts. Interesting. Question number eight. In Cars 2, a cinematic masterpiece, what type of car is Finn McMissile? I put Rolls Royce. He also seems like a Rolls Royce to me. The correct answer is Aston Martin. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not mad missing a question from Cars 2 because if nothing else, it's just me saying and protesting that I don't like that movie. I refuse to answer questions from Cars 2 correctly for that reason. I actually put a lot of thought into this multiple choice because I knew he was British. And I thought you guys would go with a British car brand. Indeed. What, what were the multiple choice questions? Or uh, options, I should say. So from the original question I found, I kept Ferrari. But then I put in Porsche because he looks similar to a Porsche. And but I put Sally's in a Porsche. Alfa Romeo. That's a, that's a good one. 
Jaguar was another one on there. I thought about putting Rolls Royce. I also thought about putting Saab. You know, kind of think of it. Is, is Rolls an American manufacturer? No. Who makes Rolls? Rolls has some American manufacturing plants, but I think that those are more for airplanes. That's I true. I'm, they're, I'm, I mean, they're I'm an correct. In... Rolls Royce is German because it's a little okay. bit bigger and clunkier as Germans German cars tend to be. Right, right, right. Uh, the, there's a Rolls Royce factory in Indianapolis, but they are pretty much just defense. They don't make the cars. Yeah, they're they're airplanes. I've actually been yeah. there. What was the release date for the Good Dinosaur? Are you wanting just the year? What I'm looking for is the month, day, and year. I put December 11th, 2011. Cute. Um, so I'm I'm like ninety percent sure it's 2015 and Thanksgiving of 2015, and I put November 21st of 2015. James was pretty close. The answer was November 25th, 2015. <sighs> and and you're telling me that I get the same amount of points as James for missing it by four days. Um, that is correct because neither of you knew the answer. It's not. This isn't horseshoes and hand grenades, Perry. <laughs> but what if it is? What if it is on Thanksgiving? Like I, I wrote Thanksgiving. That is a day. Is it not? That is a day, not a date. Do you feel like we've done this before? This feels this back and familiar. Forth. Some deja vu. Yes, yeah, so we did this exact same conversation the first time before we lost all our audio, um, and then I regrettably—well, not regrettably—I stand by it. I went to the computer and looked up what day Thanksgiving was, and Thanksgiving was um, the twenty-sixth, which means the premiere date would have been the twenty-fifth because that's how things work. You always premiere it one day before opening day, so it was Thanksgiving of twenty fifteen, but. He says that I gotta have the number. To be fair, I was only off by four years, so four years, four days, potato, tomato. All right, move also, on. Also, let it be known that Perry only looked up that the date of Thanksgiving in 2015, like ten questions later. Yeah, I, I let it stew for a while before looking it up. He was pretty upset. <laughs> ah, yes, and we move on. Question number 10, an inside out, who voices Riley? I would like the multiple choice. I second that. Your multiple choice options are Mindy Kaling, Caitlin Diaz, Amy Pooler, Diane Lane. Well, due to the fact that I do believe the other women you have listed are adult women, I'm going with B, the Diaz chick. I know that Amy Poehler is Joy, and I know that Mindy Kaling is Disgust, which narrows it down to a 50-50, and I'm going to go with Cameron, or Caitlin Diaz, not Cameron Diaz, slightly different people, Caitlin Diaz. The correct answer is Caitlin Diaz. All of them voiced in Inside Out, but not all of them voiced Riley. Now we're moving into the part questions, and since you are both former cast members, I'm expecting a perfect score. Question number 11. How many carvings does Animal Kingdom's Tree of Life have? It's a big number, and I'm not going to get it unless you give me the multiple choice. I would agree with that sentiment. Your multiple choice options are 
167, 264, 317, or 325? I'm going with C, 317. I'm going to go with 325, option D. The correct answer is 325. Nicely done, nicely done. Do you know what they are all representative of? I do not. So they're all representative of extinct or nearly extinct species. The more you know. Question number 12. When was the first published sighting of a hidden Mickey in a Disney amusement park? I put 1955 and assumed that someone found one on opening day of Disneyland. Following similar reasoning, I put 1956 and assumed that some of the first published was maybe the year after. The correct answer is 1989. Close. They didn't start thinking about it until they're making Epcot in the 70s, and then it was not published until Arlen Miller published it in Walt Disney World's Eyes and Ears, which is a cast member newspaper. That's that's pretty neat. (laughs) Question number 13. On opening day at Disney World, you would have seen such famous attractions as It's a Small World and Hall of Presidents. But was the first attraction to open after opening day? So I think the answer is Haunted Mansion, um, because I think it was 1972 that that opened. I think it's Jungle Cruise. So Jungle Cruise was on opening day, but Liberty Square Riverboat opened on October 2nd, 1971, and opening day was October 1st. So the correct answer is Liberty Square Riverboat. Dang. Yeah, I would not have got that one. I don't think I've ever ridden that. Have you ridden that, James? No, but I will gaze longingly at her. She's a fine ship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Question number 14. Don't tell your wife. She might get jealous. (laughs) (laughs) What is the highest score you can achieve on Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin? It is 999,999, which equivocates to the Galactic Hero role, which I have achieved. Yeah, I also put 999,999. I'm impressed, though, that you've achieved that. You must have found the 100,000 buttons and exposed them. I don't think I've ever gotten it, and and I've ridden it my fair share of times. I do have some fond memories of, like, my the first time I went to Disney World as a kid, as a five-year-old. My dad and I, during the fireworks, I think, because, you know, I didn't care that much for fireworks, just rode that like three or four times in a row. It was really the precursor to Toy Story Midway Mania, which has so many Easter eggs and ways to unlock mega scores. But this one, you just got to know where the best targets are. All right, we're moving out of the park and into the rest of the quiz. Tell us if we're right. Hey, are we right? (laughs) (laughs) The correct answer is 999,999. Nice. All right, we're moving out of the park and into the rest of the quiz. Question number 15. What year did Mickey Mouse receive his first Academy Award? Are you looking for a date, day of the month, and then year again? I'm looking for a year. Oh, convenient. (laughs) Hence the question, what year did Mickey Mouse receive his first Academy Award? (laughs) Get at it. All right, uh, I'm going with Thanksgiving of 1938. <laughs> I put uh, 1940, assuming he won something for his role in Fantasia. The correct answer was 1932. 
I forgot to record what it was for. Yeah, I'm assuming it's probably like a silly symphony because that's about the only thing that I could think of it being for. I mean, Steamboat Willie was in that era, wasn't it? 28, so that was, yeah. A little after that then, probably. Anyway, that's half of the questions. And um, right now, James and I are tied at seven points apiece. So let's keep going and see who wins. How are you guys doing? Do any of you guys have more than seven points right now? I would be thoroughly impressed if you did. Um, please let me know on the old Insta. Uh, if, you, if either of you guys, any of you guys, either of you guys, there should be more than two <laughs> listening, <laughs> hopefully. If any of you thousands of people um, beat us, uh, let us know on Instagram. That'd be cool. Anyway, moving on to question number 16. I'm pretty happy that neither of you are even at half the amount of points. So that's pretty good. Question number 16. What was the first show to ever air on the Disney Channel? This one's tricky because I don't know when the Disney Channel actually started. Uh, so I'm just going to pick a really old show, I, I think. Uh, do you want the multiple choice? I would I would go for the multiple choice. Yeah, I think I'm going to need it, Perry. All right. Your multiple choice options are Good Morning, Mickey, Flash Forward, Even Stevens, The Legend of Tarzan. Well, uh, I originally wrote Tailspin, and I'm going to go with A, uh, Good Morning, Mickey. I originally wrote DuckTales, so we were on the same wavelength there, but I crossed it off, and I'm going to go with Even Stevens. Wait, did you write DuckTales because that's the shirt I am wearing? I can neither confirm nor deny if that played a part. (laughs) Good to hear it. Glad to hear it. That's why I wore the shirt for the questions to hopefully mess you up. The correct answer is Good Morning Mickey. Yeet. From 1983. All right. All right. Moving on to 17. What object is used to make Tinkerbell's signature sound? Which sound is signature, James? She has a few sounds. I think when she stalks away and pouts, there's a little jingle. Doesn't she, like, burp once? Was that her signature sound? No. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Do you want... I don't think I'm going to get it from any different answer from the multiple choice, so I'll just stick with my answer, I guess. All right, what'd you guys put? I put a small bell, knowing it's probably wrong. I put sleigh bells, which I guess could be defined as a, a series of small bells. The correct answer is strips of aluminum. Yeah, aluminum moon. Who would have thought that, honestly? Aluminum making all that. It really sounds like bells. It was a custom-made thing, apparently. So, Question number 18. How many species live in Zootopia? I would personally like the multiple choice because numbers are hard. Yeah, it's definitely more than a few. So let's let's hear them. Your options are a few, <laughs> 50, 64, 83, 113. In the nature of bigger is better. I'm going with D, whatever that one was, 113. I went with 83 because in... Uh, the show How I Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson likes to make up statistics, and he often goes with 83%. I put 113 in there to try to trick you guys with the Easter egg. You dirty dog. But the dog. correct answer is 64. All right. 64. All right. We've now caught up to the point where we had originally lost our audio. So all of the rest of our reactions will be 100% genuine, and uh, we will see... Who comes out on top in this epic battle between me and James? I think right now I'm beating James with a score of 8-7 to seven after 18 
questions. So you can tell how tough it is. But we'll see. There's plenty of questions left to make a run. Have you only gotten one answer right since we announced that you guys were tied? Well, that that was 15, and then I got 16 right, and then 17 and 18 we both got wrong. I expected more. Question number 19. How many total lines does Aurora have in Sleeping Beauty? So I, I think I've heard this trivia question before, and I think I know the answer, but I am going to be a little mad if, if I'm like one off, but we'll see. It's not a lot for a titular character. Do you have your answer, Perry? All right, I'll go. I put 17. So I think, I know she's in 14 minutes of the movie, and I, I thought that she had 14 lines as well, but I may be wrong. 14 is one of the multiple choice options. 17 is not, but the correct answer is 18. Gotcha. All right. All right. So 18, I'll remember that for the next time I have that in a, a nut. Well, I just had it in a trivia game. The nu- the next next time that I have it in a trivia game. Hopefully that makes you feel a little bit better about the good dinosaur, knowing that James is closer on this one. It's true. You were closer. I I think I do think she's in. I think maybe the trivia that I was thinking of is that she's in 14 minutes of the runtime. This next question I know nothing about, and I tried to find the scene and I couldn't. But in High School Musical, question number 20: How many rooms does Troy go into to lose Chad and his dad? I mean, I can picture the scene. I haven't seen High School Musical in a minute. Um, I would take a multiple choice, though. I kind of just want to say no to throw Perry off. I can also picture the scene. I can see him, like, running through the, the shop classroom and, like, art and stuff. And so, yeah, it's, it's iconic, obviously. Right, but right. I mean, I'm, if, you, if you don't want to do the multiple choice, I'm going to pick a number, um, which has probably just as much chance of being right. Um, because there's only so many numbers that you can pick that could be the right answer. So, anyway, multiple choice. Go for it. Your options are a few. One, two, three, four. What'd you guys put? Well, as the old adage says, when you don't know the way, just pick C. (laughs) Three. (laughs) I also picked three because it's a very common number in fiction. Those are valid reasons. The correct answer is two. I think. <laughs> it, is it is it just shopping art, I wonder, James? You might have just, I might have just said it. it. Yeah, you might have just this is the question I'm most uneasy about in this whole quiz, but I, w- I had to put a high school musical question in there, and I know nothing about it, so I just searched as many high school musical trivia ones, and whichever ones didn't look easy. Like, what object does this guy carry around the whole movie? Question number 21 in the movie Atlantis, colon, The Lost Empire. <laughs> Which historical figure does Commander Rourke refer to while leaving Atlantis? I would be okay with multiple choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I I wrote down something, but I think I'd have a better chance of getting it right with multiple choice as well. Your multiple choice options are Napoleon, Ben Franklin, Charles Dickens, or P.T. Barnum. Say those again. Your options are Napoleon, Ben Franklin, Charles Dickens, or P.T. Barnum.
Well, so the one I wrote down originally is not on one of the multiple choices, so it's a good thing I did pick the multiple choice because now at least I have 25% chance. Who, d- who did you put? I originally put Alexander the Great. Mm. Not Alexander Hamilton. No, no. Alexander Hamilton. No, but Commander Rourke's not throwing away his shot either. But, you know, to go with the old adage, um, when you want to answer the question right on a trivia quiz, pick C. Got so well for you last time. Uh, I put Napoleon. I apparently picked some pretty good multiple choice options. The correct answer is P.T. Barnum. Wow. The line is, P.T. Barnum was right. When he is referring to P.T. Barnum's famous line, there's there's a sucker born every minute. That now rings a bell. I did watch Atlantis um, in like early, early April. Um, So pretty recently. Uh, That just didn't stick out to me, I guess. But yes. Cool. Good question. I think... I think he actually says it more than once. The PT Barnum was right line. Well, so so I think earlier he, says it he punches somebody in the face. Right. So either, earlier in the movie, not not that much earlier on him. Honestly, uh, I don't think. I think it was kind of midway through the movie. He says, you know, as the PT Barnum says, "There's a sucker born every minute," and then he or someone says that, and then he kind of affirms that later on as they're about to leave. Right. As they're about to leave Atlantis. So, well. That's interesting. Yeah, it did not stick out to me enough to, to remember the correct answer. Question number 22. This is our Star Wars question. Which of Poe's old friends is the leader of a spice runner group on Kijimi? I can picture her face and her magenta little suit, but I didn't like Rise of Skywalker at all, so I haven't seen it again. I also have seen it once um, because I also was very disappointed, but... I, I think we're both not going to get this without the multiple choice. We probably will both probably get it with the multiple choice. So that's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. Let's do the multiple choice. Your multiple choice options are a few. Jana, Maz Kanata, Zori Bliss, or Babu Frick. Ready? What did you guys put? All right. I put one of the many fake out deaths in Rise of Skywalker that made that movie stupid that turned out, you know, she was alive and well and as long as Babu's okay, we're okay. Zori is the one I picked, actually. Yep, borrowing a name from the Black Panther universe, also Zuri. Zuri. The correct answer is Zuri Bliss. James, that was my first points since uh, since 16 and I believe that was your first points since 14. So, we're doing great. And that, that was 22 if you're keeping track at home. I think you guys are going to like these next two questions. Question number 23. In Treasure Planet, how many times is our protagonist, Jim, called James? James, if you get this one wrong, I'll be real upset. It's literally, literally your <laughs> this name. Is a, just because we love this movie doesn't make this an easy one to get right. Are you ready? I'm ready, I think. Let's go hear it. So I put two because I think the only one that ever calls him that is his mom. I think she says, James Pleiades Hawkins, twice in the movie. So I so here's the thing. I agree with you. I think she does say James Pleiades Hawkins twice. I think it might be more in the movie. I think it's... it. I went with three. But I also think it could be more because I think Dilbert Doppler might say it once. And I'm pretty sure they introduce him at the end as like galactic patrol or whatever you know like as new 
police job as James Hawkins as well. Right, in the academy, yeah. They introduced him as James Hawkins then, I'm pretty sure. So I went with three, but I, it could be it could be four or five. Um, so let's see, what is it? The correct answer is three. Let's go! Do, do you have the exact times or who said them? Two of them were from the mom, and the other one was from another pirate, I think. Yeah, I, maybe. I feel like it just says Jimbo. I didn't think, I don't think the You're silver was the name. You're going to the stars, you are. I didn't recognize all the names because I haven't seen Treasure Planet in a long time. Did Ben call him? Wait. To find what name to call him? He, yeah, he does call him a lot of names in a row. Jimmy, Jim, James, James. Yeah, I think he does say that. I think, okay. I think he's Jim, James, Jimmy, Jim, yeah. Jim, Jam, Jimmy Neutron. We should move on before I go down that route. Question number 24. What is Dr. Doppler's profession? James looks particularly stumped on this one. So I'm not positive on this one. And James seems to be positive. Thankfully, I have a two point lead. Um, I'm going back into my Dilbert Doppler quotes. He says uh, the words, I don't know what to do. I'm not a doctor. Well, I mean, I am a doctor. I have a doctorate, but you can't do anything with a doctorate. You can't help people. You just sit there and do nothing. But he doesn't say what he does. He just says he has a a doctorate. I think So what I went with was astrophysicist. So I will carry the quote back just a few more lines because it's a fantastic Star Trek reference for any of you who remember Bones from the original Star Trek. He says, dang it, Jim, I'm an astronomer, not a doctor. (laughs) So I put astronomer. The correct answer is astrophysicist. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) Let's go. I can't. This could be wrong. I did say I had some. Here, let's fact check that. Let's fact check this answer. So because I. Astronomer was one of my multiple choice. Because. Uh, astro because f- I think astrophysicist is what is kind of relayed at the beginning of the movie but maybe that's also called an astronomer so he introduces himself when he first gets on the ship and he's wearing a stupid suit he says I am the notable astrophysicist Dr. Delbert Doppler perhaps you've heard of me and then Amelia just like knocks on his suit because it's dumb looking but then later in the movie he says dang it Jim I'm an astronomer not a doctor so I think we both should get the point on this see on the wiki on Disney wiki it says he's a well-off astronomer now we can't always trust wikis as being universally correct. And then on Treasure Planet Wiki, it says he's an astrophysicist. So I think we are both right, and they're probably more like synonyms. I'll accept that. All right, sounds good. I can be reasoned with. I'm pretty impressed that we both got that right. But yes, that quote was what I was thinking of, and when you said he does say that before that, I was like, you're right on with that. Question number 25. In Aristocats, which kitten... Makes a painting of Edgar. Does spelling matter or just how I say it? Just how you say it. Okay. I put Toulouse. I also put Toulouse, but I spelled it T U L U Z. I don't think that's even close. <laughs> the correct answer is T O U. L-O-U-S-E. Toulouse. <laughs> Toulouse. All right. I got my point across. The other ones are Marie and Ber- Berlioz, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, sweet. Question number 26. What famous musical does Wally show Eve? How are you guys feeling on this one? I feel like I've got a one out of two. TBH. What about you, James? 
I like my answer, Perry, but I don't know how you've narrowed all of musicals down to two options. I'm I'm thinking it's either A Sound of Music or Gone with the Wind. Is Gone with the Wind even a musical? I think it is. I went with Sound of Music. I've never watched Gone with the Wind because I know how long Gone with the Wind is. <laughs> Valid. Yeah, I went with Sound of Music, and we'll see if that's what James went with. I put Guys and Dolls. The correct answer is, hello, Dolly. Well... You're right, Hello, James. Dolly. I couldn't narrow them down to all of them. I just thought notable old old musicals. So, What's the score at right now? All right, we have four questions left. I'm up 12 to 10. I've gotten 12 out of 26. Almost half. James, if you get all these right, all these last four, you probably got a good chance, depending on how hard they are. All right, let's get it. Question number 27. Who was the director for Wreck-It Ralph? I'm mad because I'm pretty sure he was in the making of Frozen 2 um, documentary because they like all all the people that work for Disney Animation like work together to evaluate films. They'll 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 screen them and then talk about them and break them down. And pretty sure he was in it and they like had his name and graphic or her. I think it was him. I don't remember. I think it was him. And but I don't remember the name, so I would be down with multiple choice. I think I'm going to need multiple choice as well. Your multiple choice options are Rich Moore, Don Hall, Brian Howard, Chris Williams. Repeat those, please. Your options are Rich Moore, Don Hall, Brian Howard, Chris Williams. The one that sounded the most familiar also happened to correspond with the old adage, uh, if you want to beat James in a trivia contest, pick C. It's going to be hard to beat me, Perry, because I also picked C, Brian Howard. The correct answer is Rich Moore. Rich Moore. What else has Rich done? Shall he's, we look? He's, he's done a lot. Actually, don't. I want to look. Please don't. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll, all right. We'll look. I won't look because maybe he's come up in another one of the questions. Question number 28. Which was the first Disney short to win the Academy for Best Animated Short Film? Man, I went on a uh, I went on a, a journey into the old Disney shorts a couple weeks ago, watching like the adventures of of Wally B and um, and- Andre and Wally B, and then Tin Toy and um, all those old ones. The 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 one about the like unicycle, um, but I don't know when the award started. That's the trick. It's because two thousand one was when the animated feature award began in the Oscars. So I'm I'd be if that's what you're thinking. Might I suggest the multiple choice? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be taking the multiple choice. Your multiple choice options are three orphan kittens. Toot, whistle, plunk and boom. Ferdinand the bull, flowers and trees. I went with B. Not not to correspond with any old adage this time. I put flowers and trees because I think that one was in Fantasia. The correct answer is flowers and trees. Nicely done. Does it say where that's from? I don't remember. Okay. I looked up a list of 
Academy Awards by Disney. Do you have a year? The 30s, I think. No. I think it was... Yeah, the 30s, I think. Well, Fantasia was 40. I didn't know the animated short category is that old. Apparently, it's super old. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it won a ton in like you know the 60s to the 30s. Yeah, that blows my mind. All right. You are now within one of me. I can't imagine who else is making animated shorts back then, but apparently. All right. Question number 29. When playing hide-and-seek with Pascal, how many times has Rapunzel won? In the names of strategy, I'm not going to go for the multiple choice because I am up one and I don't think either of us have a firm grasp on this question, but I'm going to go with one. So I think they've played quite a bit more than one round. I think she has won 16 and offers best 17 out of 35. Oh, oh, crap. Yeah, she's like best something out of whatever. Oh, man. Now I'm so... How does she? How does Pascal not hide better? She's really good at it. That's incredible. You're right, though. That is all right. What's the What's the answer? The line is: Let's play for best twenty three out of forty five. She oh, has won twenty two times. Dang. So wait, you said seventeen? Okay. So she's one twenty two. She's actually one twenty two. Wow. So he. So James was close. He said. 16. I think if we're keeping track at home, James has been close more times than Perry. Right. So in my mind there, in my mind there, Pascal is very small, should be able to hide very well if we're breaking that down on the tape. But Pascal somehow is very slow as well, and he just stays put. And then uh, Rapunzel can, with 90,000 feet of hair, somehow hides from, I don't know how it works, you tell me, but she does it, wins every time. Well, in my memory, I think Pascal's always the hider, and she's always the seeker. And there's just not a lot of hiding places in that teeny little tower. Okay, makes sense. I'll, I'll buy it. But thankfully, you got that wrong because I was nowhere in the vicinity, um, which me- means I still have a one-point lead going into our 30th and final question. All right. Question number 30. What part of Charlotte's dress is Tiana's mom working on as she tells the kids the story of the frog prince? I don't really know parts of dresses very well. Do you, James? You've had a wedding, so that's at least something. I've worn my fair share in my day. Yeah, I was going to say, he looked great in that one at your wedding. but What'd you put? I put sash slash bow, because she's like putting that sash thing on it. I put the word hemming, which I think is like to do with like the bottom of a dress, because that's all I could think of. Yeah, yeah. Miss Charlotte Lebouf. The correct answer is the bow. So that counts. So we're tied up. Yeah. Wow. James with the comeback city. Man, you had to give me a dress question for the for the end. To be fair, I gave you a princess and the frog. I do. I do like Prince and the frog. Man, we're tied at 12 apiece. James got two of the last four. I got none of them. And now we're going into tiebreakers. So it's going to work as there are two questions. I will present both of them to them. And then they will have to choose which question they want to attempt to answer. And 
you are going to have to be the closest to the correct answer. There is no multiple choice on these. I'm putting Thanksgiving, whatever it is. What if one of us really wants the first answer and the, or the first question and the other one really wants the second question? Do we like arm wrestle? You'll have to decide on that between yourselves. Betwixt ourselves. All right. Tiebreaker question number one. In 101 Dalmatians, how many spots does Pongo have? Tiebreaker question number two. Nine Pixar films have not had a co-director. Which ones? You can only put nine films. You can't write every Pixar film and then say, well, I wrote nine of them. Okay. What do you want, James? I want the Pongo question. I was going to say the Pixar question. I thought we were going to run into this, and I was excited to see how it was going to be resolved. How how is it going to be resolved? So my thing is that Perry's really into animation, and so he's probably well researched on who were the directors and like the cast and all this for the Pixar movies. I just watch them because they're good movies, and like offhand know some of the directors. Whereas I think it'd be a little bit more of an even guessing playing field if we're going with the Pongo question. We're going to decide this by chance. I've got two cards in my hand. One says one and one says two. The one represents the Pongo question and the two represents the Pixar question. I'm going to crumple them up and let Corey Miller pick one of them. Or should I let you? I don't know. Let Corey pick one. And whichever he gets is the one we will be asked. Question number two. Sorry, James. The Pixar question. (laughs) It is. All right. So we just write down nine and whoever is the most correct. Correct. Okay. I won't count any against you. For those at home dying to know how many spots Pongo has, it is 72. (laughs) I was going to say like 11. (laughs) I wanted to put how many spots can be counted throughout the entire film when you stop at each 113,760 frames. The answer to that would have been 6,469,952. I counted them myself. Impressive. I'm really glad that we got to these. I think it makes it much more exciting. I agree. So I was really glad. I thought I thought that when the Princess and the Frog question came up, Perry was totally going to get it. But You thought I was going to get that? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. The bow? Yeah, the bow. It would have made sense. I could I could have probably, probably could have pulled that out of my six bare butts if I wanted to, but... I've got nine. James has got his nine. I'm feeling somewhat confident if I took any more time, I'd probably take a right answer off my list, honestly, at some point. So, James, do you want to go first or me? Uh, We'll let the novice go first. I couldn't tell you who directed most of these, except I'm pretty sure that John Lasseter directed the first Toy Story because it was, you know, the first one. So, these are my nine. Toy Story, Toy Story 2, a Bug's Life, Cars, Monsters Incorporated, Wally, Up, Cars 2, and Inside Out. Honestly, I mean, they're all Pixar movies, so you have a shot here, because I really am not sure. But I know, so I went with Toy Story and Toy Story 2 as well, as John Lasseter. I went with Incredibles, Incredibles 2, and Ratatouille as Brad Bird. Um, Inside Out, Monsters, Inc., Pete Doctor and Up I believe also maybe Pete Doctor not sure but I also included Up and then Finding Nemo is Andrew Stanton 
Oh, Finding Dory might have been Andrew Stanton as well with nobody else. I think he had a co-director. I don't remember, but that's what I went with. Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Incredibles, Incredibles 2, Inside Out, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, and Up. The correct answers in order of release. Toy Story, 1995. The Incredibles, 2004. Wally, 2008. Toy Story 3, 2010. Monsters University, 2013. The Good Dinosaur, 2015. Cars 3, 2017. Sorry, James. Only the one Cars you didn't write was the only one on there. Incredibles 2, 2018. Toy Story 4, 2019. Wow. We, we sucked. Did you get three or four? Two? Wow. I won with three out of nine? What are the odds that that happens? There's only 20-something movies. Wow, I thought Interstanton solo directed Finding Nemo. Back check it. I looked up. Oh, I looked up the Wikipedia, but so fun fact for the audience: my logic was absolutely inversely correct. I thought that the earliest Pixar movies would have had solo directors, and they would have moved towards more co-directing as time went on. Turns out that is exactly what didn't happen. And as the newer movies flooded in, I was like, "Oh wow, we just skipped like eight of mine. That's not good." <laughs> you got Toy Story. Wait, so Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2. Oh. Oh. From what I looked at. And then we got Monsters, Inc. as Pete Doctor. And we got Finding Nemo as Andrew Stanton. Incredibles, Brad Bird, Cars. Yeah, what you're looking at is... Oh, these are all just single. Except for this one. Well, yeah, this one with Brave. Brave actually switched directors midway, and that's why... So as I looked up all of the movies that I wrote down, I found one single uh, director, and they were all the ones that I named accurately, and now I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) Have I just made a fool of myself? I wonder if I looked in the wrong column as I was going down. Maybe look at writers. That I looked at. So we just went and aggressively fact-checked ourselves to make sure that we could end this without um, without controversy. And it does seem that Corey's information was correct. If we go to Wikipedia, they have little uh, like asterisks, basically, um, by movies that had a co-director. And then if you scroll down, you can find the co-directors. Um, and I'm kinda, I was kind of shocked to find out some of the movies like Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo and Up!, that actually had co-directors but regardless there was there was one mistake onward was also a solo director and i missed that one however neither of you put it on your list correct yeah dan scanlon did solo direct onward so regardless though there was much uh, confusion between us um i did get three and he did get two so james i i pulled out the win how do you feel i feel like we both gave it a good fight perry we did, and I'm glad that you got the dress question right. Um, your vast dress experience came r- in really clutch there uh, to tie it up so we could go to extra innings. Um, but I want to say the best man came out on top, but any other day, you know, it's going to be just a, a, the same dogfight. Anybody could win any given day between James and I. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Good, good questions, Corey. I'm super curious to see if anybody got more than 12 right at home. 12 questions was the amount that we got right. Um, but I hope you had fun playing along for sure. Yeah, and have a magical day, everybody. Corey, thanks for thanks for being here. James, thanks for well. having me. So with that, 
we're going to sign it out like we usually do here on Banter I Hardly Know Her. So uh, until next time, which is hopefully sooner rather than later, but definitely before too long, um, we hope that you guys will stay hungry, stay humble, and of course, stay hydrated. It's hot out there, boys. Do 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 do